Stephen, I've got the weight of the world of supporting You Can't Disappoint a Podcast on my shoulders, and I thought maybe, just maybe, to lighten the load on my back, we could give our fellow listeners and enjoyers of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast some ways to help us out. What do you think? Well, I'm not normally in the habit of lightening the load on your back, but, you know, if people want to help us, they sure can. How can they do that, Zach? The first way is to support us on Patreon. If you like what we do here and want to help us take it further and get all kinds of extra content, give us money at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. If you don't want to bear the brunt of our debt, you can appreciate the fruit that we bear to you by going and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Yelp, Google Chrome podcast <laughs> reviewer or whatever you can. And that's going to help us get seen. And the more people see us, the more that we want to be seen and the more that we see you. You can also hang out with us on social media every week over on Facebook, Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast, and Twitter at You Can't Disappoint. Also, go ahead and give a subscribe and thumbs up to our YouTube channel where we also post the podcast every week. If you want to hold our hands as we walk down this community memory lane, you should shoot us an email over at Can't Disappoint Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us your MVP, your favorite funniest moment, and trivia for the episode we're about to record, and we'll read it live on the air. Yeah, we don't do the show live, but nice try, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for supporting us, and let's get into this week's podcast. I thought about it, and I decided a man should not be judged by what he does with a fellow man's butt. Here's the kick. Plus, since that song came out, Hawthorne and Wife sales went up 7%. And it's good. Yep. I even had my own people mock up a design for a new product line. Hawthorne Pride Wipes. They may cost more, but they're gayer. Rainbow bitches, welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, the halfway, the mountain peak, the halfway point of our journey through the television program community. What a feat. You know, we've reached the mountaintop and it's all downhill from here. Ha ha ha, it's a community joke. Oh, no way, but that's so not true. It's not all downhill from here. There's so many hills and valleys left in community. Ah, uh, nothing but peaks from our where, podcast where I'm of, sitting. Our podcast, of course, will be downhill from here. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's hard to imagine, but we'll, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> this is the best that it gets. Welcome back to the show, everyone. We're so glad you made it. I'm Zach, and I'm putting on my highest heels, my shortest skirt, and the best device for concealing my penis. Nice. Hi, I'm Steven, and I think that you should be able to wipe whatever and whoever you want whenever you want, Zach. That's really nice to hear from you. Yeah. I've been really waiting to hear that. It's really nice to hear it vocalized. <laughs> this show, of course, is brought to you by our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Do you know those people, Steven, pop quiz? Um, We've got Melissa LaPena. Yeah. Danny M. Lugo. Yes. And Mary Baker Budisa. You got it. And if you'd like to be added to that list, $10 and up at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. You can't disappoint show is always really fun. Every week you get this show early every week and all kinds of little extra extra goodies that we decide to put in your pocket when you're not paying attention. You know, lots of little gifts. When, when, when you're sleeping, Santa sneaks in your room and takes your socks off and we will too. 
And you can start as low as $5 a month, so you don't got to break the bank, and it really helps uh, support the show. And uh, I don't know, we would like to take this even further somehow, and we think throwing a lot of money at it will solve any problems we have. <laughs> so far, it might work. And, of course, we've got to shout out our proud community, Papa, at Communities on Twitter. What is there to say, Stephen? How can we How can we verbalize our gratitude in a way we have not yet done? You know that feeling when you walk outside and you it's really sunny and you're hot and you feel sweat just all over your body and all of a sudden yeah. there's a shadow cast over you and a yeah. big hand on your shoulder? That was our yeah. community daddy for us and still is. Yeah, he is using the big that over hand, hand. To, to sop up all of our all of our <laughs> running sweat. Our from spongy a hot daddy day at play. <laughs> He'd give our hair a little jostle and scoop us up into his big old dad arms and carry us home to, to watch Community and sing us a song. And a kiss or two. Yeah. And I know you're wondering, we were one of those families where kisses were on the mouth. <laughs> Is it a, a Will Ferrell? Or no, it's somebody, um, SNL sketch that I always thought was really funny. Where it's They like did the it a family. bunch of times. They all just kiss yeah. each other. That's so yeah. weird. Isn't it? Have you I been around never... families that did that? Oh, yeah. It's really weird for me. Sorry My... if you guys do that. Don't kiss your family on the lips all the time. That's weird. <laughs> How are you this week, buddy? I'm, I'm glad to talk to you. I'm good, man. I, I uh, had a, an event yesterday at work that was cool. Got Does that mean like that a... you had like a, a, a health tragedy? You had you had an episode. <laughs> there, there was an event. Um, <laughs> what occurred? Uh, we uh, went on like this big old charter yacht boat thing and went around Lake Michigan and saw some fireworks and had a big dance party with a few of the studios with a bunch of students. It was super fun. Yeah, that's really interesting. I wasn't doing anything actually that day. Sorry, I could have invited you. I guess it was it, <laughs> you, there was you, a uh, guess. Yeah, there was a uh, a steep hundred seventy five dollar a ticket uh, charge to get on this boat and eat tacos. I guess I don't know. Actually, okay, so there was food, which was good. It was an open bar too, but they had like beer and like wine and stuff. They probably had okay. liquor, but I didn't ask. Was it an I open was working. bar? Or did you have to pay for that too? Open. Okay. Open. Like the the zipper of your pants whenever you're within oh, shit, you're arm's right. reach. But it was cool. And the food was good. They're like little hors d'oeuvres, like shrimp ceviche and like little little things. Um, that sounds and then really the, fun, was like man. A, a food thing that was like Mexican food. It was good. It was like tacos. and. Yeah, my life is super rad too. Uh, paid, paid the utility bill. Um, nice. Um. <laughs> well, you're doing something pretty cool tonight though, right? Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm going to see – I haven't had a chance to talk about it on the show yet because Steven hasn't had a chance to see it yet. Mm-hmm. But the what I think is absolute genius, I'm going to see Bo Burnham's new special inside in a movie theater for like a limited thing they're doing. And I'm super, super excited to see it, hear it on some loudspeakers. I, I love this, this special dearly at this point, and I'm excited to see it like that. Now, is this going to be your first time back in the theater, or you've gone once no, before? No, no, I saw In the Heights and in the Heights. A Quiet Place 2 on the same night about a month ago. Nice. In I'm really excited Heights. for this one, and we're uh, we're meeting up with uh, a couple, and we're going to we're gonna play mini golf beforehand, so I'm oh, just that's as awesome. excited for that. Yeah. Where are you guys stoked. going? 
Uh, well, the movie's playing at like the art cinema in Keystone. I think you and I actually went there to see the disaster, disaster artist. artist. And just like five minutes from there, there's a mini golf course. I don't know. Well, it's that's always so cool. been there. I've I never been. I'm excited so to check it out. When we go to Florida, I want to challenge you to some mini golf because I we'll have to. love mini golf. At at Disney, there's a mini golf course that is miniature golf, but all of the holes and terrains are more shaped and and slightly sized like a traditional golf course. That's but awesome. It's still miniature golf. You use a mini putter, and it's, yeah, but it's like farther distance, and it's really hard and it's really fun. That's really cool. I, I would, would love, love that. to challenge you to it. All right, let's get into the television program community. What do you say? I think let's, that's what we should talk about this week. Let's not change it up. Yeah, no need to chang things up at all. We're talking today about season three, episode six, Advanced Gay. What a what a title for an episode. I know. That sounds like it, you know, will hold up culturally and politically. Well, we'll see. You know, let's talk about it. It was yeah. directed by the great Joe Russo, and it was written by Matt Murray. This was his first writing credit on the show, and his only other one is later this season. It's Virtual Systems Analysis, and this episode originally aired on November 3rd, 2011. Nice. It's an interesting episode. It's one that I didn't remember a shit ton about, and I was a little bit worried to hop back into it because it doesn't mm-hmm. sound like the type of thing that would hold up very well, does it? No, it doesn't. But I I think, at least for me, it definitely, like, pleasantly did really, really, really well. Yeah, season three's had some hills and valleys so far. And of, I don't know, it's not my favorite by Probably any my means. For really? Me, almost. You think you second? Second or third favorite for me. I think it, now it's only episode six. I think I would yeah. probably put it at episode three so far, and I was not expecting to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get right into some stuff. Let's do some trivia about the episode. I actually have five questions for you. I have five as well. Wow. Look at us. I think we've consistently stepped up our question. Remember when we just used to do three? Yeah. What punks? I know. Those weren't podcasters. Now we're men. Exactly. Why don't you go first? I don't know. (laughs) You're not so sure about that? I don't really like being told what to do, but I guess, I, I guess I'll guess i go first. Go why first. Does An- <laughs> uh, why does Annie think life is harder for the drag queen from the music video? Huh. Um, I don't remember that line. What was it? Having to sew pockets in all of her skirts. Mm, I do remember that. That's funny. Apparently not. Um, yeah, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Drag Race lately as we've talked, so I was excited that there was some some drag in this one. Sure. Um, what is Pierce's full name? That's one of my questions. Pearsonold Anastasia Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. It's true. So give me another one. Uh, how much have Hawthorne wipe sales gone up since the song came out? Boom, seven percent. Nicely done. Uh, another question for you. Who did Pierce's dad sell Hawthorne wipes to? Ah, well, he, um, after he was, like, federally ordered to, then he started selling it to the Italians. Yes. But before that, not the Italians. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Um, what does Troy say about the anti-ex- anti-inspector, anti-inspector, I don't remember how they said it. Uh, that he had a, a funny mustache? Mm-hmm. There's one more thing. I don't think I remember the other one. Ah, uh, he was kind of rapey, they said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, huh. 
Hmm. How does Vice Dean Laybourne open the room temperature room? Ah, with his um, breath. <sighs> yeah. I thought that was really silly. That was really funny, yeah. They Do you have one more? print match. I have two more. Okay. Um, on what floor did someone poop in the sink? Oh, I'm not sure. Third? It's on the second floor. The okay. third floor had a, had a clogged toilet, then afterwards someone pooped in the second one. My last question for you, who does Pierce say is the only mammal that bites off its father's head when it comes out of the womb? So you say the Canadian mallard? Absolutely. I think nice. you got all of my questions. You absolutely I didn't get the first did. one. Good job. Oh, no, no, no. You got mm-hmm. four out of five, though, because one of them you took from yeah. me. Okay, I have one more for you. Okay. According to Cornelius, who did Britta's um, Scandinavian ancestors race mm. with, race mix with for generations? Oh, my God. The Welsh? Is it the, the Welsh? The Laplanders. I... <laughs> There was Which so I had much racism Google. thrown in so many directions oh that, my no, God. I did not catch all of it. It was aggressive. Well, we did okay with each other's questions. Yeah, we did. I think We so. did all right. Let's mm-hmm. see if that continues. It rarely does. That's true. Okay, the weeks let's... where nobody writes in, we do pretty well. I, I know. And unfortunately, we have uh, four emails today. Let's do it. Okay. First one is from Nate. Hey, guys. My name is Nate. Big fan of the show. This is my first time writing in. My favorite funny part was when the priest called Britta the worst. That was really funny. <laughs> I think it's so great because he has likely had enough of her bad psychology in the middle of a funeral. He is currently officiating. Second funniest moment, Chang saying it's gay that Jeff is going home alone while arm in arm with a male dressed in drag. Totally. Mm-hmm. My MVP is Troy because he carried the better and less offensive storyline of the episode, <laughs> and he put his relationships over something that he had little to no interest in. Nice. Thank you for writing. Now, now we've got eight questions from Nate here. Way Let's to make a splash. It. I love it, Nate. And answers to these questions, too, which is great, it looks like. He knows the way to our heart. I know. Now, if they're um, really easy, it'll be a great email. <laughs> uh, what does Pierce say is the only thing he is attracted to in the opening scene? Uh, is that when he says, the only thing I'm attracted to is eating their asses alive? I think so, because I think it's after they, he gets his pants off. Um, what does Pierce say when he enters the study room after the theme and what does his shirt say uh bitches what's up bitches I think probably uh, he that's says, a what's kind up, of guess yeah I think so he's like what's up bitches that's what gays call their friends and then his <laughs> shirt was he wearing the Urbana champagne one yep nice pocket full of hawthorns pocket full of hawthorns um, number three what type of cookies uh, does Pierce want at the party? Rainbow bitches. Well, oh, what does Pierce want? I thought it was mm-hmm. what were they? Uh, rainbow bitches, but they only have chocolate chip and peanut butter. <laughs> um, what is Pierce's full name? That is Pierce and Old. old. <laughs> Anastasia Hawthorne. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Anastasia. I like it. Uh, what crazy things did the air conditioning repair school do slash present the potential recruits to keep them from telling anyone slash keep people from believing them? Two answers required. That would be the astronaut, astronaut making, making paninis, paninis and black and Hitler. Black Hitler. <laughs> nice. Interesting. Um, <laughs> they said on the commentary that that was a note on sometimes, I guess, it said the actual conspiracy theories or like when something happens to you that – they don't want you to know about that you'll that that'll happen sometimes like mm-hmm. they'll have something ridiculous so it sounds fake i don't know uh, that sounded fake but you never know apparently it's a thing what does jeff call pierce's dad 
Uh, something Crypt Keeper. Yeah. That's all I remember about it. Um, what does Pierce say to keep Jeff from blaming himself for his father's death? That he, he got his organs from, like, questionable places. <laughs> um, why does Jeff get Pierce's dad's hair? That's funny, because in his whoever will it said him. whoever killed him gets it. Yeah. All right, let's see how he did. Uh, number one, you were absolutely right. Taking him to court and eating his ass alive. Boom. I love the sound of that. Uh, number two, it was Gayo, not bitches. Gayo. Gayo. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and then an Urbana champagne, pocket full of Hawthorns was the shirt. Uh, number three, Rainbow. Uh, number four, Pearson Old Anastasia Hawthorne. We're nailing it. Number five, um, kidnapped the recruits. So I guess they did do that as well. And then had Black Hitler and an astronaut making paninis. Uh, it was Colonel Crypt Keeper. So I'll give us that mm. one. We got the Crypt Keeper part. Really close. Um, and then he bought a lot of his organs from questionable sources. And then his will clearly states, whoever kills him gets to keep his hair. Thanks so much, Nate. Thanks for writing that was in. Awesome, we hope you write in again. Yeah. Glad to have you. What else we um, got? I'm sure high quality like that, right? Know. This next one is called uh, Advanced Gay Bitches. And oh, so from it's probably our from Loving Dad. Oh. Yeah. Hi guys. Sorry I couldn't provide trivia last week. That's not I connected realized... to the episode. He always refers to yeah, us that's as what he calls bitches. Us. Um <laughs> Sorry I couldn't provide trivia last week. I realized I was going to be too late while in a U-Haul. Daddy's moving back home. Can't with, wait. With his boys. Um, We've I've been leaving quick... a place in our bed for you. <laughs> um by the way, or no, here's some quick minor trivia today. Chevy is older than Larry Cedar, who played his father. Larry, I think is that's kind twice. of clear. Yeah, Larry is credited twice. Credited twice, but one of those is just as a voice in a video game. Mm-hmm. By the way, there is a behind the scenes of Shangela. We'll have to watch that that video. I want to watch it. Should I play it now? No, let's watch it later. But, okay, uh, but we'll definitely um, check it out. Yeah, that's great. Uh, what are the cookie options for Pierce's big gay bash? Chocolate, Chocolate chip, chip and peanut butter. And peanut butter, yeah. Um, what is Pierce's full name? Pierce and old Anastasia Hawthorne. Um, and number three, Cornelius Hawthorne throws a round of races and bonuses shot at Jeff. He calls him like a Welsh bastard or something, right? <laughs> oh, I knew Welsh was in there somewhere. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, peanut butter and chocolate chip, Pierce and old oh. Anastasia Hawthorne. Um, and then unseasonably tan. He does say that to Jeff as well. Thanks, Dad. Uh, see Love you in a couple you so hours. Much. So much. <laughs> Whose house do you think he's going to? We live in the same home. We live in a lighthouse together. What are you talking about? <laughs> We've always done this show from our lighthouse together. <laughs> the Dreamatorium. Fair enough. Um, Don't hello pretend there. like we have normal living situations. This is from Peep Review. Uh, what's up, bitches? No trivia <laughs> because I was grocery shopping and couldn't find the, di- the damn canned tuna. <laughs> did they find the damn canned tuna? I have no idea. Um, but I'm I curious did make if it this. was for them or the cats. I, I really don't know. I think it was um, for them. For listeners, photo is the inclusive pride flag with Pierce Hawthorne holding a book that says, Make Your Wars Gayer. Yeah, Lil made a picture nice. of Pierce with uh, LGBT plus affirming flags. And I like it. edited the book to say gayer. I like it. I'll post it to some feed later. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks, Lil. Um, and then, last but not least, oh, 
<laughs> Hello what? there again from Peep Review. Back from the oh. dead. Don't call to come back. They've been here for years. Never mind. I can do trivia. Oh, shit. What a misdirect. Plot twist. There's a lot of questions here. Um, oh, shit. Um, what is the name of the plumber? Jerry, I think. Jerry, yeah. What is the drag queen's name, and what's the actual drag queen's name? In the what is Champagne, what's Champagne Urbana, and yeah. then it's Shangela. And there's a middle name and last name, but I can't remember it. Uh, <laughs> but they always have like long ass names that are great. Um, the only thing I'm attracted to is taking his ass to court and eating it alive. Solid quote. Um, who is <sighs> Inspector Space Time's companion? Uh, ugh. Mm-hmm. Reginald. I think it's Reginald. That sounds right. Doesn't it? Reginald. I guess we'll um, find out later. What kind of cookies does Pierce want at the party? Rainbow, Rainbow bitches. bitches. And the options are chocolate chip and peanut butter. Great. Uh, what did someone do on the second floor that the plumber has to fix? Pooped in a sink. Um, what's Pierce's middle name? Anastasia. It was probably Leonard who pooped in Had the sink. Had to be. That's my guess. Had to be. Uh, what's the joke name on the dry erase board behind the study group? Steven, wait to read this part. I just wanted to tell y'all because I don't believe you know it. Sorry. What? And then, okay. Uh, what's the, <laughs> you know in Bojack Horseman where he's like reading the stage directions? That's what I just did. <laughs> totally. Um, what's the joke name on the dry erase board behind the study group? What's the joke name? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And they said they knew we wouldn't know. Yeah, so they wrote the answer. What is it? Hawkboard. Waka, 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 waka. They wrote the waka, wakas there. I figured. I figured that was not a Steven edition. <laughs> Although, I'm trying a new bit. it could have been. <laughs> um, how do you think breath print works? Wouldn't it change depending on if someone ate slash drank whatever germs are in there? Explain. I don't think so. Well, you I see, don't... Lil, breath uh, yeah. print actually uses the DNA in the saliva that comes when you uh, breathe hot breath on something. So it's really more of like a DNA tester than it is actually reading the breath. Beautiful. But it's a fair question. A lot of people from home ask that all the time, and I'm glad I've finally gotten a, uh, a platform to talk about that. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you could finally speak your knowledge. Not many people know that you oh, know all no. that. What? Oh, I accidentally like condensed the email, and all the words went away, and I didn't know how to get it back. <laughs> um <laughs> How many sodas has Abed had at the party? I have no oh, idea. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember that at all. I'm going to guess two. No, it's got to be more than that, like six. Six? Okay. Um, it's a misdirect. No sodas. He was drinking water. I don't know. Uh, what the what f- did? <laughs> what did Pierce use to look up his bird facts? Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good. Um, what do, and then it has Troy and Abed like crushed out. Um, Inspector Space Time and blank fight at the end of the episode. Glorgons. Glorgons. Eradicate. Eradicate. Thanks. I hope you can understand them. Sent from an air conditioner. I understand most of that. (laughs) Sent from inside an air conditioner. (laughs) I've been meaning to help them out of that, but one day maybe. Got to record the show. Yeah. 
Steven, that was a great loaded round of trivia this week. Thanks to everyone writing in. Uh, next week, ooh, I'm excited. Next week is Studies in Modern Movement, the Annie's Move episode. Oh, nice. That's a pretty good, strange episode. I look forward to that. So if you've got some trivia, uh, want to share your MVP or what you think the funniest moment of the episode is with us for us to read out on the show, send it in where? Uh, you can send that to podcast at gmail.com. You nailed it. You paused. You hesitated, but you nailed it. You can edit that out. I won't this time. <laughs> Let's move right on to the next thing. Steven, how do you feel about the challenge at hand for this week's episode? You know, this morning after I watched the episode a few times, I was thinking to myself, um, Steven, are you going to nail it this week? And a voice called out to me like Mufasa <laughs> in The Lion King and said, "Totally, no. <laughs> I figured that might be where this was going. <laughs> well, I Everything hope that the your, light your recap uh, <laughs> will be half as good as that. James L. Jones. It's time, everyone, to find out with hands in arms and eyes wide open. Uh, did Steven did watch the Steven episode this week? Watch the episode. It's arms wide this open. Week. I didn't know what it was. Jimmy! This is how you remind me of in the show. Um, do you know that there's a song that exists that's Avril Lavigne and Chad Kroger? Well, they're married to each other. Yeah, but why'd they sing at the same time? I like Avril Lavigne. All right, Steven, 20 seconds on the clock. You've got to tell us everything that happened in this week's episode. Three, two, one, go. The gays like Pierce wipes. Britta wants to be a therapist, but she's bad at it. Um, The gays love Pierce, so they're going to throw a song together for it. Pierce is getting recruited by the plumbers and the air conditioners, but he's a mask for it. The air conditioner steals, kidnaps uh, Troy, and has like an astronaut and a whole bunch of stuff. Then Pierce's dad's against it, so they have to do it. And then Jeff kills Pierce's dad because he's racist. And then Jeff has daddy issues too, but then at the funeral, Stop. he gets... That wasn't bad. You got a lot of it. Yeah. I you tried to get more towards the end, but yeah. I wish I wish there was more confidence behind it, Mm-hmm. but that was... Hmm... Steven, that was an A minus. Thank you. Good work this week, everyone. Thank you. You know, this is a banger week of the show. We got so many trivia questions. Yeah. We got like almost all of them right. We're nailing it. Yeah, we're firing was, on all cylinders. What were some of the I thought this was a really funny episode. Yeah. I actually even got a little bit emotional at one point in this episode. Oh wow, I did not have that reaction at all. <laughs> I would love to hear what uh, your favorite funny moment was. Uh, my favorite funny moment, I was trying to pick, because there are a lot of, of funny things in this episode. Yeah, I wrote down three. For me, my number one has to be Abed's Troy impression. I like football, but also, but also I, I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> that was hilarious. That was really funny. And you can to- in season four, they expand upon that into a whole episode. Mm-hmm. And you can totally see why they would want to do that based off yeah. of that interaction. So funny. I wrote down three little moments. There were a lot of little moments in this episode that I thought were really mm-hmm. funny. The first one was Pierce hissing at gay men <laughs> and what he does with his hands. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, also, when the janitor to the air conditioning man who walked into the bathroom, who when he was like, get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. And it was so out of nowhere. That was hilarious. My other one was when they take a silly photo, the way Pierce <laughs> takes time to get into his pose and then what he lands on also made me laugh pretty hard. That was really funny. 
What did you think about it? You know, I was a little hesitant going into this one, and I don't know. What about you? I what really did, were you hesitant? I was a little worried because I knew that I watched this one semi recently and I enjoyed it, but I also wasn't watching it under the lens that we kind of view the show. Yeah, it's called Advanced Gay and it's a Pierce episode. Yeah. So I was like, mm. but I really, really enjoyed this episode. And I, yeah. I stand by, I said this earlier, this was probably my second favorite episode of the season so far. We're not super far in, mm-hmm. but I like it more than any other episode than has been, even more than probably Ecology. Interesting. This certainly is kind of an anomaly of an episode. There's not that much as far as pushing past the sitcom format. It's a yeah. pretty traditional sitcom episode, other than, of course, Choi's storyline being mm-hmm. weird as f***. But it's, like, yeah. all contained within the school. You know, there's nothing – there's no lasers or anything like that, I guess, until the intag. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought this was a really strong episode and that it's really funny. I don't know if it uses every character as well as some of the other episodes sure. have. I feel like Shirley is kind of not a big part of this one other than Neither a few lines here Annie and there. Really. Annie really isn't. But it was a lot of fun. And honestly, I think most of the commentary on gay culture. Now, some of the shots like in the party are a little uh, flamboyant mm-hmm. and a little bit stereotypical. But it was put together by Pierce, you know? Yeah. And I I think as a whole, the commentary was funny. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a lot that was uh, uh, punching up at, or punching down at gay yeah, people. Yeah, sure. You know, there wasn't a lot. that The joke was the expense at, 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 at gay people. I feel like it. I don't know. I'm, I don't really know what to say. I don't think it says anything important about gay culture i don't think it's particularly a woke episode but the fact that it's not a disaster because it's a pierce episode that puts him in in the center of a a queer issue the fact that it wasn't a disaster uh makes it actually pretty good (laughs) yeah and i think the image of pierce coming in uh with the um i can only think with the urbana champagne shirt yeah you can just think shangela yeah i know i'm like but well, it's let's really talk funny. about Shangela for a second before we dive into the episode. Yeah. Because I know you've mentioned it on the show before that over the last year or so, you've kind of become a RuPaul's Drag Race person. Yeah, really? Even just over the last few months, I've watched a lot of it. Now, I'm watching, like, entire seasons, so I haven't actually seen Shangela's season, but I've seen Shangela, Shangela's drag, and it's gorgeous. She's really good. Um, I'm currently... So you don't really know that much about her? No. Danny would. I'll ask, and I'll That's edit cool. it in. Uh, so what about this episode and references or things from it? Or is, is there much that you recognize from watching a show like that? Did they do a good job? Um, yeah, the drag that she's in on the show is really good. It's really funny. Um, it was just kind of a little bit, but I, I guess I never thought about like how much goes into it. Like when it comes to like the tucking, especially. Oh, sure. Like, there were the some show, funny jokes at the expense of that. Yeah. On the show, a lot of like, um, the people in drag when they they like will wear like swimsuits like well my favorite drag queen of all time is naomi smalls she's gorgeous she has like super long legs she's like six five she looks like a model but um she wears like bikinis a lot of the time and you can't see a damn thing it's incredible i don't know they use a lot of tape and they put things places but it it really put their penis through a lot of trauma but they truly do but it makes it makes for a great look yeah I thought Shangela was pretty funny in this episode. She's not in it a ton, mm-hmm. but uh, having a presence like that gives a lot of uh, authenticity to the episode, I think. Yeah, I think it does. It and having an actual, like, 
drag queen from I don't like, know how established she would have been at the time. I don't know how early she was on. But this would be after she was on drag drag race. I yeah, think. they mentioned that uh Gillian is a huge drag race fan uh, and was like Gillian uh Yvette, Joel and have been on it. Ken have all been on it, I think. I think Ken. I has. think maybe Jim Rash has even been on it. I would believe it. But when Gillian was on there, she was very clearly a huge fan. Joel McHale was hilarious because he really pissed off one of the other judges because every time they walked out, he was like, Woo! Yeah! And, and they're supposed really to like, take it seriously. Yeah, it was hilarious. That's really funny. Yeah, uh, Gillian was a huge fan and knew Shangela very well. And I guess just like the whole time she was on set would uh, just say a bunch of Shangela quotes from the, from the time that she was on the show and be like, hey, you remember this? You said this. Shangela's really like a really, really well liked queen. I've heard of fans. her. I think she's been in other stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's dive into the episode. I, I, I do, do mean that though. I think this episode is certainly a little more authentic for having Shangela in it. I think it could have I come off so. a lot worse if there wasn't some queer community like star yeah. that was kind of saying, I give my seal of approval to this right the episode starts off right away with the b plot though and a couple of i noticed there's some real gratuitous uh product placement here because there's a box <laughs> Pop-tart. of pop tarts with the label uh facing backwards so it's mm-hmm. facing the camera and there's also some uh, french's mustard. mustard yeah but we start right off with the b plot and troy notices the janitor really disgruntled because he's trying to fix the sink and because troy is just this Goodwill hunting of, of plumbery uh, tells him exactly what to do. And I love whenever they use Troy not knowing the words for things, but he knows how to do it. Probably the same. Yeah. I don't really remember in Goodwill hunting, but probably I'm sure how he knows math that it just yeah. like it fits together and Troy just knows how it works. And I think they write that really well. And I think Donald performs it really well, even though it's so silly. It's hilarious. Like, oh, yeah, put the the toothy wrenchy guy on the jiggly bit and twist it you know like it, it's hilarious because that's it's it's very troy to not know what any of this stuff was called i think the main janitor i believe his character's name is jerry i think he is so funny he's so he's dead hilarious. serious about everything he does and the joke which i like is never really at the expense of people no. who work as janitors because janitors work so f- hard they work Mm -hmm. harder than anybody else in like any type of building yeah often think about all the gross stuff they have to do and how nice buildings usually look like they Mm -hmm. they're great i love janitors the joke is just that they're they're, this is greendale and greendale's probably teaching people who are going to go on to become sure air conditioner repairmen and and janitors but here it's like i don't know that's the feather in greendale's cap you know yeah it's like we're the best of the best yeah, it's like how certain schools are with sports or with like medical sure. or or with with law. It, it, Greendale, it's like this is where you go to be well, brought into the deep history of air conditioner repair and janitorial stuff. Something that I'll say that I really do like, okay. uh, and this is not necessarily have to do with community directly, but I think in the United States, the idea of vocational schools has become a lot more accepted, and I love Absolutely. that because yeah. like it used to be, you know. Even I think when we were in high school, the idea was, even though it was starting to shift, it was very much go to a four-year university, get a degree, then go from there. But I think that the... Trade jobs are so important. Yeah. You've got to have people to do them. And Mm -hmm. often they pay pretty decently. Just some of them might be kind of miserable. I think of people Mm -hmm. who become like electricians, that's a great trade job that requires a lot of skill or I don't know. Yeah. 
thumbs up to the trade workers. I'm sure we've got a huge trade worker uh, audience, audience yeah. that's listening to our show. So we see you and we support you. Joe trade Plummer, write us in. Who was it? Was that John McCain that had the Joe Plummer thing he was running? I don't on? remember. Or was that Sarah? That was Sarah Palin. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. The janitor, it, we've seen it before. It was in season two, I think, and I, I love that yeah. this is the thread that they've built on. That's become that becomes something so much more in this episode. Uh, the janitor really just—it's it, clear that Choi has this natural talent for these types of things, and the janitor really wants to get Troy to actually go through with it. But Troy is just here for a good time. He's not really that worried about it. But I love the dedication from Jerry and how he gets Troy to agree to unclog one drain with him to see <laughs> if he feels anything. I think this is a pretty great Donald Glover episode. I do too. It's top top notch. I think he really nails it, especially with how like deadpan he like not necessarily deadpan, but like for him, it's serious. Deadpan. It's serious. Yeah. He's not. Yeah, everything about it, and we'll get more into it later as John Goodman becomes involved. It's just played mm-hmm. not at all for laughs, which makes it so funny. So funny, exactly. But the A plot isn't about that. Maybe, maybe not. It, it, it should have been. You know, whether or not it was a great idea to make the A plot the A plot, mm-hmm. uh, that's not what it is. And it kicks off with them all eating lunch in the cafeteria and two slightly flamboyant gay guys walking up to, to Pierce and like fangirling over him. Yeah. And I think this is really funny the way that this conflict arises. They put a lot of thought into it. Because uh, it's easy to come up with like, oh, what if we put Pierce in front of a bunch of gay people and drag yeah. queens and let him be Pierce? But the fact that uh, a drag queen you made a song about Pierce's family's brand of wipes, and they never exactly give away what they're used for, but it's mm-hmm. referenced that some type of sexual act occurs or some type of yeah. cleanup of sexual act or something occurs using your pocket full of Hawthorns. And I don't know. I just think the way that the plot is is weaved is really funny and really well, thoughtful. And I guess a, a thing that it, it would help to know is a lot of like – drag queens do have songs like this that it's like just one sentence over and over again the songs are not great but they're really catchy and people like see them as really iconic like there's one who won uh one season who like made this purse for a challenge and walked to the room and was like walk in the room purse first and now it's a song that they make money off of that they did so it's 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 funny like that that like literally you could just be like i use these wipes and i wipe myself up or like i have my pocket full of hawthorns you know and it, it catches on <laughs> I really want to – they don't get a lot to do, these two guys that are kind of the prominent gay guys in this episode. Mm-hmm. Other than that, that's just kind of background actors. I thought the line where he was like – what does he say to the other guy? He's like, calm down. Yeah. I forget he how he says excited. it, but what he says yeah. is really funny. Then he winks at Jeff because everybody loves Jeff. <laughs> they don't know why they're so obsessed with Pierce right away, of course. So Abed goes down the trail and finds it and plays this music video. It's not – Shangela in the show, but it's played by Shangela. What's the mm-hmm. name? Uh, Urbana Champagne. I also thought, uh, before we get to that, so, of course, because it's a Pierce episode, there are a lot of jokes at the expense of Pierce being homophobic. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think, I don't know, I found myself laughing more often than not. Maybe I, don't I know think if that they made a good choice not to use the F word, because that's something that on TV they did a lot of the time, and I'm glad they didn't. I think they absolutely, at this point, there was enough foresight to know that that's the wrong mm-hmm. move. 
But even the bits here, like Pierce putting his fingers together yeah. and Britta saying, I'm proud of you for talking to, to <laughs> gay men without doing this. And he's like, gay? I thought they were brothers or wealthy. Yeah, which is a funny joke. I think, and it's because he has a lot of lines in the episode, like Chevy totally brings it this week. And mm-hmm. that helps too, that he isn't phoning in his performance in this episode, that he's committing to it. Yeah, uh, it, it makes Pierce funnier and also the very slight emotional story they're trying to tell with him play a lot better because mm-hmm. because Chevy gives a f- this week and this might be one of the last real prominent times where we get a thoughtful and successful Pierce storyline like this I'd believe it let's talk about the music video we don't get enough of it you know I know I wish there were more I want to see the whole song the lyrics are really funny the hook is really catchy man the, uh, my best device for concealing my penis <laughs> and the words playing over her mouth it's Friday night I'm putting on my highest heels my shortest skirt my best device for concealing my penis and I got everything I need I got my body got my lips got a pocket full of super funny the video is shot so well the the graphics in the background are so funny i obviously i don't watch a lot of this type of thing but i i've seen enough of the culture yeah, to, it's to, pretty spot it, on. it feels pretty authentic it looks like they did a good job yeah I there must so. have been some people on the writers staff that really pushed this idea and, mm-hmm. and really knew this kind of thing do you think they did a good job with it i think so i think it's really funny i wish we could have seen more of it or that uh this would have been a great end tag to go back to that and we see a verse and chorus of it instead yeah and of course when pierce finds out that his family's moist towelettes are suddenly a gay icon because of this music video he's uh, deeply offended by it and because he thinks it's totally i don't know because he's homophobic and he thinks it's underselling what his family's product is for he, he wants to sue the pants off of that lady. And then mm-hmm. we get a bunch of wordplay jokes of Pierce saying things that sound homoerotic without realizing yeah. it. And this could be too much, but all of these made me laugh a lot, too. I thought this was funny, even down to the, stop putting gay things in my mouth, and everyone yes, laughs at him. Yes, that line's hilarious. really funny, and I wanna, the way that he says it through his gritted teeth, I'm going to take him to court and eat his ass alive. <laughs> Chevy nails all of these lines in a way that... Yeah. If he wasn't tuned in to what he was doing, it could be gross. And that <laughs> hiss when he stands up and walks away from the table and a couple more gay men approach him with the towels and wanting him to sign them. He just hisses at them and throws his hands he like lightning like at them. It's fantastic. It's really funny. And I don't know if that's something that was written or something that Chevy came <laughs> up with, but he like committed to this little yeah, weird he thing. Did. And it's so funny. At the table, everyone's jamming out to it because it's a f***ing <laughs> bop. And then we get the title sequence. It's a good start for this episode because it yeah, kicks it off is. both storylines. And it's pretty funny. And it, it gets you ready for whatever is going to be thrown mm-hmm. at you after the song. Oh, for sure. I'm really surprised to find this one of the episodes that we're probably going to throw a lot of praise onto throughout it. I think we so. Because we haven't done that a lot this season. And this is not what I would have expected. I know. Who would have thought this was the one? Shirley gets a couple of honestly worse lines than Pierce has about gay people in this episode, talking about yeah. the choice to be gay. And but it's it's very uh, uh, in tune with Shirley's character. Unfortunately. Yeah, I like the line. She's like, "But I'd die before I let a woman touch my hair." That was funny. <laughs> that was funny. Pierce walks in and he has totally gone the other direction with it. He's got the Urbana champagne T-shirt. He says, "Gay, oh, what's going on with you, bitches?" <laughs> 
the use of the word bitches in this episode over Hilarious. and over again is really funny and it's super quotable and especially mm-hmm. Pierce saying it and Chevy committing so hard to becoming a gay icon of sorts is so funny. <laughs> and I like the little bit of research that Pierce has done. What he's learned is that they call each other bitches when they're friends. Bitches is gay like... talk for friends. So it's really <laughs> sweet that he calls them bitches over and over again. Troy thinks that he's wearing the t-shirt because he sued the people over it. But he's decided instead to uh, use this opportunity, rightfully, to sell a shit ton of wipes. And this is what I thought was the closest thing to relevant commentary in the episode. Oh my god, yeah. We're just outside of Pride Month where we see every brand, every product... Uh, there's a really funny bit in Bo Burnham's Inside about that as well. Mm. Uh, not really exactly Pride Month, but about like brands yeah. becoming social justice warriors. So we're just outside of a month where all of these brands like go rainbow for a month. But if you look deeper into it, you know, they always seem to only do it on Twitter mm-hmm. because that's where, I don't know, you could argue more. Yeah. Places like Facebook, or they'll do it on Instagram, but places like Facebook, uh, it's more geared towards like older white sure. adults probably i don't know there's a lot of text and subtext in brands deciding to do stuff like well, that there's... and how productive and how counterintuitive it could be yeah and this episode doesn't really say anything about it but it makes me think of it a little bit well and i always see the list of like the companies who like post stuff for pride month but also give money to like conversion mm. therapy things and anti-gay like organizations yeah. Which why do those why why is there an anti-gay organization? That seems like a waste of time. It's so okay. sad. And uh I don't know. This doesn't have to be an episode of conversation about this kind of thing, but like I'm not straight and I we live in the middle of Indiana mm-hmm. and it's it can be a hard and threatening place to be like yeah different from the norm and not even with that just in general like being someone who leans more liberal or mm-hmm. or throughout covid just it's an all-encompassing thing it can be hard and it's uh it, it's so ingrained in you to be otherwise yeah and totally. i thought later on in this episode they did some good work of you almost see pierce from a slightly different light because you see that he's had this poison ingrained in him since he was born mm-hmm. and even in situations where you're like you like radicalize and turn against what's what's put into you as a child that poison like stays in you and it it forms you as a person now pierce is a 60 late 60 year old human being he's had time to address it and change so you can't like forgive him of all of his crimes but you can totally see how i don't know what happens when you're young or the the stuff that you see i don't know interesting Now, now, what is good now is with brands posting a bunch of Pride stuff is that kids are seeing that kind of thing and totally. seeing positive and normal light shown on it. So I think that's good. Yeah, because that definitely was not a thing when we were younger. There was yeah. no like – I remember there were certain TV shows that would have like a gay kiss or a gay scene and it was mm-hmm. always like taboo. Yeah. And now it's not. Uh, gay couples are in commercials for brands. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like we're starting to get great towards job. community. This episode of Community really pushed really the train that direction. Yeah. But honestly, like, I'm glad an episode like this exists that a kid finding the show could see 
something uh, in themselves in this episode like affirmed yeah if they're if they're uh, depraved from that in other areas of their life mm-hmm. i think this passes the gay bechdel test for the most part there we go i like it so I like the bit that Troy and Aved think something Inspector Space Timey has happened to Pierce because of how uh, quickly he did a 180. Do you remember what they say that his something is something? His uh, like positrons are negatrons or something. And I just saw it's not exactly Reginald. It's Constable Reggie. Reggie. But I was close. Yeah. Maybe Reggie's short for Reginald. I almost guarantee you it probably is. Mm-hmm. Pierce has really just turned his tables, though. His line, like, I don't think a man should be judged by what he does with another man's butt. (laughs) But then, of course, he announces to the group that, like so many brands are wont to do, that Hawthorne Wipe's sales have gone up a bunch since the song dropped, so he's developed a new product that's Hawthorne Pride (laughs) Wipes. They cost way more, but they're way gayer. And it is. This is what all kinds of brands do. Did yeah. you see what Skittles did for Pride Month? They oh, where they got rid of the colors? Black and white Skittles because Goofy. the rainbow would be nothing without Pride. I, I don't know. Yeah, they're like, we want to give the rainbow to someone else for a month. Let the gays have it. And then we'll take it back. Then we'll take it back and you'll sell them for clearance 75 cents at the gas station. Yep. Discussion is brought up a little bit about Pierce's father because he's going to show up a little bit later and uh, Pierce's relation, Pierce's father's relationship with the business. Uh, we're going to get Pierce's father a little bit. What do you feel about his inclusion in this episode? I like it. I think that it was a uh, interesting choice because you know he's he's so old, so old, but I think that it works. We'll get into it later. I think it's interesting that they bring him in just to kill him. Yeah. Uh, and the way the character is portrayed is kind of weird. And, mm-hmm. and and it feels a little bit like a retcon of what we were led to believe sort of before. I guess they never said. No, I think there, the episode where Pierce's mom died, I think there was like she mentions like talking, seeing Pierce's dad, dad again or something like that. I don't know. I do love the bit when the guys come back in with the cookie trays to ask Pierce uh, what kind of cookie, what kind of cookies he wants, peanut butter or chocolate chip. Yeah. Because he's so on the on the gay train, he rainbow bitches, and the way he <laughs> the way he delivers that well, rainbow bitches is like, what? Well, come on. Like, of course, it's a gay thing. <laughs> and the way that the guy just plainly says, "Okay, well, we have chocolate chip, or we have peanut butter." I thought that was a really funny yeah. bit. And thankfully, none of the uh, stereotypical or flamboyant or, like, super gay parts of the episode take the entire episode. They really smartly pair this with the Troy B plot. So it doesn't at all, even though the party cont- the episode contains a party that is a gay bash, yeah. it doesn't feel like a gay bash <laughs> in any way. Because now it we're doesn't. back to Troy, and he's clogging that, unclogging that toilet, and mm-hmm. he does feel something. He feels great. But it's noticed by one of the people from the air conditioning repair school and i love the way the janitor just barks at him to get out of yeah. here like they're like they're animals you get the hell out of here i love it so much <laughs> this is something so weird and i know in the first episode i kind of poo-pooed that all of a sudden there's all of these mm-hmm. parts of greendale that we've never even heard of before and i don't completely not feel that way anymore but this is just so bizarre and and they take it so seriously and it's very community and i i don't hate it i think it works really well here i i remember not liking a lot of the air conditioning janitor stuff later on in the show but here i am all for it 
I almost have more issue that it seems like they took it really far, and then in the last two seasons that Troy is in, they, they kind of just drop it, I think. Yeah. Which might be fine, but it, they, they put so much time into it. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty the major plot The janitor warns point. Troy that they're going to try to use him for his gift and makes him makes him promise that he'll only use it for good, but <laughs> then the joke is how good is it really because the guy has to go on the second floor to yeah. clean poop out of a sink. It's really good to see Troy be good at something and to be yeah. encouraged for it and, and, and treated as special because he is and that it's okay that it's a trade job, that it that it's plumbing. There's no shame in it. There's no like, it's, it's true. just like you're good at this and you should do it. Mm-hmm. It's they almost treat him as if he's like a star athlete, and they're like, "You should." Yeah, go, they do, you and I like that. And I think it's the only time that Troy's gotten that kind of praise, other than when he was an athlete. You know, I like Pierce explaining. You know, gay people we have more in common than what I thought. They both hate lesbians. They hate baggy <laughs> pants, and they're all Bears fans. I thought that was a really funny Super bit. Fans. Hearing what <laughs> Pierce learned when he was googling what do gays like. Yeah trying to put this party together. And then they pose for a photo, first a, a serious, fun photo, and then a silly photo. And Pierce, like, pucker, <laughs> he, like, sucks his face in and points his ass towards the camera. I don't know, man. Chevy... He's there, selling it. There, Well, there's a lot of times recently where, like, the group dances, and you can tell Chevy doesn't want to and that he barely does. But this episode, because it focuses so much on him, it gives him no real choice but to, like, well, you've got to come up with something to do because <laughs> the camera's on you. And yeah. so Chevy, I, I don't know, the the line sometimes between Chevy and Pierce is very thin and that this was the acting choice that the man made is really <laughs> funny. It's great. And then Pierce's dad shows up, and what a pristine time for him to show up while Pierce is being spanked by a, a pride windmill or whatever. <laughs> and yeah, we meet Pierce's dad. He was a really jarring image. He's got that ivory wig, and mm-hmm. he's just a bad guy. I, I kind of hate him just because you're supposed to. He's a bad yeah. guy. And I it almost makes me not like the time they spend on him in this episode because mm-hmm. he's just a bad person. I'd almost rather hear about him than actually have to spend 15 minutes with him, you know? Yeah. But it... it, it it makes a lot about Pierce make sense. Totally. And they've kind of foreshadowed it a bunch of times. Yeah, there they have. was in I think it's oh, I think it was the the drug play episode where he watches the old home movie and his dad mm-hmm. was like, Pierce, get on out of there, boy. And also there's one other time. I think it's Space Bus when he's like all mad at Colonel Sanders. Now we exactly. absolutely see why. And this episode really smartly cuts between plots because we only stick with that for a second. And we're back to Troy. And this is when things really start to go super silly. He yeah. notices all of a sudden that like all the ACs have those streamers attached to them. And it's almost like they're kind of <laughs> calling to him. And then mm-hmm. suddenly he has a bag over his head and he, he's taken away. And the way that they shoot this of him having it taken off and the way Donald acts like, what the hell? What's going yeah. on? Where am I? How serious it is makes it so funny. And the way they commit to it makes it really memorable. Well, and I like that there are like four other guys there on the ground with them who were also kidnapped and mm-hmm. brought in here. Mm-hmm. And the way that you see them, like, uh, outsized throughout the episode. As yeah. Well. And we get Vice Dean Laborn. This is his second appearance, and I definitely liked him more in this one than mm-hmm. I did in the other one. I feel like they used him in some interesting ways. Uh, later on, the scene be- between him and Troy, I think, is 
perfectly matched the way they both acted. Yeah. Uh, he had really great line delivery in his first episode, but this episode, it feels a lot more like he fits into the show. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I agree. I think that in the first one, he kind of is just this bad guy, you know, foil to the Dean. Where and he in still this one, is. He, yeah. But you see what he's like. I don't know. I guess you see more of what he is a part of. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think John Goodman just does such a great job with this character, like how much power he like commands when he talks and does things, but it's really good. They were talking on the commentary about just how lucky they felt to have John Goodman on their silly show. I'm sure mm-hmm. it feels like the the ultimate nod that he would come on and be silly with them. Yeah. So all of these guys have been kidnapped and brought in to uh, to be kind of, I don't know, what would you say, hazed? to be uh kind of like that it's it's who can who can make the cut who has the yeah the the necessary grit to join to the ac around. repair school exactly sure. and this is where we get the bit that uh i think we talked about for a second earlier where there's an astronaut making paninis and a black hitler that are there just to make it totally unexplainable to yeah. whoever they would try to explain it to when they get out of here I love is it. it genius or is it idiocy? I think it's brilliant. Okay. Because <laughs> who's going to believe that you were kidnapped somewhere and there was an astronaut making paninis and a black Hitler? One or the other, maybe, but both? No way. I do kind of want a panini. I do too. And then the plots are kind of intermingled for a second because back in the study group, minus Pierce, uh, Jerry comes in looking for Troy and they haven't seen him. They, they don't know where he is. They said he's fine, <laughs> but they couldn't say where he is, Abed says. And Shirley, let's dissect Shirley for a second because he ha- she has that <laughs> moment where she's like probably kidnapped, usually one of the parents, almost murder-suicide, and says it with a big smile. Is this disdain at Troy? Is this look into Shirley being like a big like true crime type person? I think it's got to be a Why true crime thing. Why does she smile? I don't know. It's such a weird thing. <laughs> the people completely dis- – they don't really give – two shits about Troy because oh yeah he's doing some air conditioning thing yeah they don't know that he's kind of has been kidnapped mm-hmm. and they totally brush off of the janitor and keep talking about Pierce's gay bash at this point Jeff is offended by it and won't dare support it because he thinks it's offensive that that Pierce is just capitalizing on the attention yeah. he's gotten and it kind of is it's a little despicable mm-hmm. but how uh, genuine Pierce seems to be in trying uh, is, is nice yeah Pierce comes in and introduces his dad to the study group, and everyone is so amazed that Annie says two. I, I I think there's several moments in this episode that people in the study group are a little ballsy of stuff that they say directly to Pierce's dad, mm-hmm. who's this, uh, I don't know, he's a, a demanding figure, and Annie says to his face, oh, I always assumed your father was dead. Just mathematically. Just mathematically. But no, Pierce's father is very much alive, and he's here and he spews off all kinds of hate speech in this scene, just over and over. What do you think of this? Does any of it make you laugh? Does it just make you uncomfortable? Do you think it's I mean, necessary? I think that it's funny and it fits the character. I don't think necessarily think what he says is super funny, but the, the actor harsh. sells it, yeah. And yeah, I think it, it's supposed to be really in his harsh. Eye. I think it's about as, as harsh as you can get Without, without really, being... really, really mm-hmm. offending someone. Yeah. It's uh, it's almost it's also funny because it's a lot of like 
old, old school racism. Exactly. It's like this guy grew up in the late 1800s or something. Yeah. And he is questioned and explains his hair. Uh, it's a toupee, and he believes all kinds of racist things about toupees. Mm-hmm. So he had a hair made of elephant ivory. And on the commentary, the community people said that this one prop cost them $5,000 and that it's Holy made of shit. rubber. That's wild. That is wild. Oh, Hollywood. I feel like that might not be worth it for the bit, but okay. I wonder if someone from the community team or that actor, anyone still has that. They have to, right? You'd want to keep it. We get an iconic moment in this episode that I had no idea was from this episode. Over the last year, this meme has been huge of mm-hmm. Britta, if I, or I can excuse racism, but I draw the line of animal cruelty, and the meme is always, I can, can excuse, excuse racism, but I draw the yeah. line at something else that's going on, and surely you can excuse racism. It's a super mm-hmm. good meme. I love that meme. Yeah. And it plays the exact same way within the episode. Yeah, it's Britta hilarious. is such it a, well. a, a poser social justice warrior that she lets the words, I can excuse racism, come <laughs> out of her mouth. What? Yeah. And I like how quick Shirley calls her on it. Like, what the hell? Also, Jeff, immediately and all throughout this, is really ballsy with Pierce's dad. And well, and I think after the what comes out of his mouth comes out of his mouth, the whole study group is kind of like, this guy. To Pierce's dad? Well, yeah, I yeah. guess you're right there. I guess it's a good thing. But Pierce is totally intimidated by his dad. I was a little bit confused why Pierce had any sway in what the Hawthorne Wives Company would make uh, mm-hmm. like this anyway. But but because of Pierce's dad showing up and intimidating Pierce, they're going to cancel the gay bash. They're canceling the pride wipes. And they're going to go back to being a straight-only product <laughs> the way it was intended. Exactly. What does Pierce's dad say? He leaves to find ivory butter. He's ivory, like, An ivory buffer. An ivory buffer in this two-horse town. Mm-hmm. Chevy does a good job of, like, when Pierce's dad is around, he becomes a 13-year-old boy with, like, he yeah. has a backpack on his shoulder, and he's looking down at the floor. Uh, Annie's disappointed that the party's canceled. She brought a cone bra. Which is hilarious that she'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to go full Madonna for this one. And sure, that guy's an asshole, and everyone's like, this guy instantly but do you think jeff is a little wrong to be like you're canceling this because your dad told you do you it's always weird when the show chooses for jeff to step into a situation and when he's like i'm just blowing this one off well i think he does step a lot into this one because it's like dad related and he immediately inserts himself into the situation right and britta kind of is the first person to therapize her way into it and this episode, do you think it's the harshest uh, we've had on Britta yet? No, I think the um, last one might have been worse. Well, but this one, we actually have like someone saying she's the worst who doesn't know her. Uh, that's true. I don't know. I feel like this is one of the first episodes where like that's what Britta is in this episode, period. I think that it's almost deserved in this episode, I guess, because she's she just keeps. And here's why I'm okay with it in this one. She's trying because, to help, though. Yeah, her mistake is a small one. Yes, but it's a funny one, right? And it's just her saying the word edible wrong. Edible. Yes. She's saying edible instead of edible. Yes. And she like says she hasn't finished the chapter, but that's it's very pretty to like try and go. Yeah, I think that's funny. She's like, I don't know, wants to do something with his mom, so it's. <laughs> There are some funny bits, but I, I think after this scene, she's pretty much just there to, for people yeah. to say, hey, you're bad at this. When I, I wish they would encourage her a little bit. Uh, maybe one so. day. 
I it'd be nice if they did, but I I I wouldn't expect this group to, except for Shirley maybe. Hmm. After a commercial, we cut to the gay bash and it's hopping. And on the commentary, uh, the guy who wrote this episode was on it, and he was like, you know, some people said that we kind of. Uh, we're a little stereotypical and we kind of got a little bit of flack for some of the portrayals in this episode. And he was like, and you know, watching this scene, I can kind of see it. <laughs> yeah. And it really is. If anything is damning in this episode, and I don't think it's so bad, but, but their p- depiction of a gay party is kind of stereotypical. And, yeah, sure. And the actors having shirts off and I don't know, but we do get some beautiful Dean stuff. Yeah. I'm happy for the Dean. I love his outfit. <laughs> Because it's so different than what everybody else has, which lets you know that the parties the Dean goes to are really weird. I also like it because I've always liked the Dean mostly when they keep it kind of vague because I mm-hmm. think his sexuality, and it's a beautiful line in a later episode, but it it isn't just one thing that can be pinned down. He is a, a man of, of many talents. Yeah. And I like that they kind of keep it vague because when you really pinpoint what he is, uh, it takes some of the comedy away. Sure. Uh, so, but this episode does the most at hinting towards him being openly something, because you know he he he's talking here and he's like, uh, they say, "Oh, you're like this guy from Tron." He's like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> but then he says, "Oh, if you're into that kind of thing," and then immediately's like, "Excuse me." You know, yes. he, he's pretty open with himself in this episode, and we love to see it. Exactly. I think this is a good little Dean bit. So the party's back on because Jeff put it together. Jeff says, I threw a pretty gay party, huh? Maybe <laughs> if you want to look into it, there's always a line that draws Jeff and Pierce together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff's idea of what a gay party would be would be kind of stereotypical, probably, Absolutely, just like be. Pierce's would. I kind of forget that Jeff is the one who put this together because it feels like a very Pierce gay party. Yeah, I feel like Jeff and Pierce would throw a very similar gay party. Yeah, Pierce shows up and he's mad because he was going to throw this all off. He's scared of his dad. But it doesn't take too long for him to realize that he gets to be the center of attention at this party. He's the guest of honor, so he still can't help but fall into the attention. Uh, Pierce, I don't know. Pierce is such a weird bee. Yeah. He's a grown-ass elderly man, and he just... Flips on a dime. He's like a child uh, mm-hmm. with his father and with the attention that he receives. I really like Chevy in this episode, but man, does Pierce have some shit that he needs to figure out. Yeah, for sure. But uh, Pierce is able to see what Jeff is doing here and that Jeff is kind of feeding his own daddy issues into Pierce's daddy issues. But like Jeff, Pierce also isn't interested at all into diving into his own daddy issues and finding an mm-hmm. issue with it. Uh, there is some stuff in here that does pull parallels between the two of them pretty successfully in such a silly, colorful episode. Yeah. I'm looking forward to finding out what made you emotional about it. Okay, we'll get there. Is it during the funeral? No. Okay. Pierce is about to leave, and that's when he sees that he's the guest of honor. I love the... I don't know, almost Andy Warhol kind of style <laughs> uh, Pierce with hair and... I don't know. It's a beautiful picture of him, and Pierce sees himself exactly how he'd love to see himself, and he can't help but take a drink and soak in the love. Meanwhile, we're back at Troy, and they're all blindfolded and trying to put together a air conditioner, and the other guys are doing their work but fumbling, and Troy just has it done immediately. 
So I like when they call out Troy. Uh, the, the Vice Dean Laybourne has the lights go out, but one focuses on Troy. The other <laughs> two guys are blacked out and bagged and taken away. It's really funny. And then it yeah. just leads into maybe the most iconic moment of this storyline. First, as Dean Laybourne walks Troy through like a hallway that's kind of a museum of air conditioning mm-hmm. repair of like he mentions back when they were using palm fronds to wave people and that they were slaves and that they also have all these primitive air conditioner units all throughout this hallway it's so bizarre and they take it so seriously and i i just love it so much yeah i agree i think it's it's so funny because they take it so seriously like there's not one joke being made here they're like this is legit but we so are many there. at the same yeah, time exactly and this is really where, not that him being in the daunting chair wasn't, but here forward is where John Goodman really gets to shine as Vice yeah. Dean for a moment. Uh, you see, I don't know, just the way that he so straight-facedly is, is so clearly invested in the history of air conditioning repair at the school and he that it's this secret, hushed, like cloaked affair. And man, mm. I just love every little bit of it. He does the breath... Uh, identification thing which i think is so silly and funny and the best bit of this plot for me is the air the the room temperature room yeah i think it's so funny i've talked about this before on the show but this especially reminds me of it uh the episode of monk with like the clean room where he goes in that looks almost exactly like this but this is like the with the room temperature the perfect perfect temperature now my knowledge of the work of David Lynch is pretty small, but David Lynch, he did like Twin Peaks and a bunch mm-hmm. of, and he's done a bunch of really out there movies like Eraserhead. Yeah. Uh, he has this style that's so bizarre visually and it makes no sense and, and it's really iconic and I, I can't help but feel like this image here of them in this room and like uh, you just can kind of feel the vibe <laughs> of nothing between them and the air. It feels a little Lynch. Yeah. I get that. Dean Laybourne is really proud that this is the room. It's the room temperature room. This is the room that that was decided on. Apparently in an original draft, this went even further to how there was like a conspiracy. The air conditioner suppliers made up room temperature to make everyone feel (laughs) uncomfortable and need AC. But they decided not to go that far, which might be for the best. That's funny. Laybourne was already really shining in this scene, but Troy really gets to shine now. Uh, I don't think Troy is my MVP for this week, but this scene really gives him a run for the money of it. Uh, Mm -hmm. The way that he is just so in childlike awe over the amazement of this simple room temperature room and and later on when he says, I, I can't feel my pants. Yeah, it's so funny. He's really funny in the way that Donald and John both just deliver it so seriously we've said several times that's what sells it and makes it so funny it's so fun to watch these two act off of each other an unlikely pair up but they work really well together (laughs) yeah they do and he gives troy an ultimatum that if he's going to dive into the world of ac repair uh that's going to be his whole life forever (laughs) and so he has 24 hours to decide if he wants to be a part of this secretive society or if he wants to be something else and it's a hard decision for troy this is genuinely the most prominent Troy storyline that there's ever been <laughs> about him having these, and this goes all through the season, him having yeah. these big decisions that he has to make 
uh, for his future and that it's all around something so silly and so secretive and cloaked is so community and it's very Troy. I really, really like this development for Troy as a character. It gives him something to do in a way that the show usually just kind of sure lets him be the heart but doesn't really let him yeah. do a lot. He's just there to be funny and adorable. Yeah, I love that he gets like a more serious storyline, even though it's it's silly. Even though it's not, it, yeah, it is, it's still which is what lets makes him... it work for Troy because he can't be serious, really. Exactly. I like but... anything that lets Troy be a little more mature and think on his own. That's something yeah. he doesn't get to do very often is is be the one making the decisions. And even here, you know, he asks Abed for for help, but Abed's like, you know, do what makes you happy. And I think Troy is actually doing what makes him happy, yeah. which is good. You mentioned earlier not liking where some of the AC repair stuff goes on throughout the season. And I know that watching the series originally, Troy was your, like, end to the show. Yeah. So can you talk to me at all about why? Or did it, like, disappoint? Did you want to see other things for your favorite character? What was it? Um, I think at the time I just wanted more, like... Troy and Ovid? Yeah. But now I I appreciate it very much that it's kind of Troy doing his own thing as much as I do love all the Troy and Abed stuff. It almost feels as if they're starting to realize that Donald is on the cusp of having a moment. Mm-hmm. So they really start to use him. Yeah. And I'm glad that they do because he's so good at this and uh, it's good that they use him like this while they've got him because maybe maybe subconsciously well, yeah. they know they won't have him forever. Well, that's the thing. Is I feel like you know with someone like Donald that no matter what, you're not going to – his ceiling is so much higher than sure. what anyone could have imagined in and the first that's place. Not to but say, even here. Yeah, that's not to say anything against community. No, it's just he it's is just like he a is star. one of the most famous people in the world now. Yeah. It's like – different but similar to like ariana grande being on a nickelodeon on victorious show. yeah you yeah. you could tell that okay her voice is much stronger than anybody here sure. sure well now community is certainly i believe higher art than like a nickelodeon sitcom yeah and donald's work on on community probably overshadows ariana's work on victorious but sure. it's a similar situation where uh, uh you've got someone who's really good at this and they're about to be the world's not yours so like yeah, how long do exactly. we have them how long can we continue to use them and so it's really nice to see troy be as much the star of this episode as pierce is it, it is an mm-hmm. a and b plot but it kind of feels like a double a plot it does all right so we're back at the party and like i said earlier how chevy clearly doesn't like to dance when they make everybody dance here him doing that <laughs> weird thing with his arms again it's another part where chevy's the star of the episode, so he has no choice but to do something. I know. And the I choices feel like that he make, makes are so bizarre and funny. Yeah, I feel like he's he's given us his best here with the dancing. That's about as much as, as Chevy's got in him that's not yeah. falling through a table, so I'll take it. Britta, you know, honestly, I feel like they keep telling her that she's the worst, but she, even though she gets like some of the facts wrong, that she's not exactly the book smartiest person of them all, mm. that she gets the basis of what's going on here and is able to like comment on it in ways other people aren't willing to yeah she really am i missing something i feel like she she isn't the worst maybe she has a lot of work to do but she should be nurtured not not uh, uh turned down you would hope i think the issue is that britta's wrong so much of the time that when okay. she is right like this nobody's in taking it recent seriously. episodes she has been pretty wrong you're right mm-hmm. you're right <laughs> I really, really love the bit that, that 
Jeff says to Britta, look, Pierce is, is uh, doing great, and he is becoming so open, and it has nothing to do with his dad. And then Pierce starts everyone chanting, look at me now, Dad. Look <laughs> at me now, Dad. And look at us now, Dad. Look at us now, Dad. At Communities on Twitter. This is the only Troy and Abed scene in this, and I feel like the creators of the show knew a little bit, like, we can give Troy other stuff to do, but Troy and Abed are such an anchor of the show mm-hmm. that we've got to still highlight it. And yeah. we get this little scene where, I don't know, I always really appreciate when Troy and Abed have a less silly conversation with each I other. Do too. Even though they're still silly, they're such good friends to each other that really help each other through decisions. And it's lovely to see a male friendship uh, displayed this way. Yeah, I like it a lot. Let's see how many sodas Abed has had. Zero, remember? That's that water. was No, that was me joking. Oh, I thought that was actually what it was. No, <laughs> he just has uh, one. In, in for whatever reason, the dean comes up to Troy and Abed to say, "This is a hot party," and I love his line: "Our AC <laughs> unit was not built for this gay a party." <laughs> and Troy goes to fix it, and later on, well, this is where the Tron thing happens. <laughs> Abed just mm. says Tron, and the dean, "What's Tron?" But, but Troy goes off to fix the AC. We'll 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 get into that in a little bit. I like that they uh marry the two plots together with this yeah in a way that didn't seem possible it's true also i like the shot of annie and shirley dancing with the guys that was really funny was annie wearing a a pointy bra she was not (laughs) uh false advertisement missed opportunity so troy goes to start fixing on the air conditioner and the janitor is there and realizes that he's been got that they 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 got him like they get so many other people and they gave him all these false promises and and Jerry says he can have all that as a plumber too and I like how they haven't commented on it yet but we're soon to get the whole uh, or did that just happen or is that still coming with him and Abed did um, they just impersonate each other or is that about no to that's coming later yeah in in a little bit we're gonna get to touch on how these things are so similar to each other yeah and you can probably do both you can go one direction or the other you're gonna be fine troy and i love the dramatic stakes that are built because it's greendale and abed's able to say in a little bit like they're the same thing just pick what you want to (laughs) do but troy's gotten a big head here he thinks he's special he's not a loser like jerry Mm -hmm. he's gonna eat paninis with black hitler and there's nothing you can do about (laughs) it I love Pierce's line. He dances over to Britta, and he's like, I got to say, I don't know why the word gay means dumb. I like these guys. God. As if Pierce has had all of this ingrained in Yeah, him. he really thinks that's just what it means. And I think so many people do, which doesn't discount that people think the things that they think, but it's sad to think about it that way. Another little Shangela appearance at this moment. I, I love that we get to see her a little bit mm-hmm. more. She's announcing the party. Uh, to to bring up the, the guest of honor, Pierce, and then we get the moment with Troy and Abed. I love the secret handshake. There are three bottles of soda there. Oh. That's such a bullshit question to ask. Yeah. I love the clap, clap. Secret. Secret. <laughs> we should start doing that one. Yeah, we should. And uh, they talk to each other about what's going on. Troy isn't sure at first if he can, but through talking like each other, uh, they get to the heart of it. And Abed really, like I said, is able to just tell Troy, do what makes you happy. Because uh, you're going to be great either way, and he's going to be his friend either way. <laughs> I love it. Obviously, in this incarnation, uh, Danny Pudi does the better Donald Glover impression than vice versa. But in the season four episode, when they impersonate each other, 
Donald Glover does a really great Abed. Oh, yeah. Pierce gets another bitches out. All right, bitches. He's addressing the party, feeling really good, but then realizes his father is there, and he can't help it. He he quakes in fear over his parental figure, just like we do whenever we see at Communi's uh, tweet, it's another true. tweet. <laughs> quake in parental fear. Uh, so immediately, Pierce falls right back into uh, telling everyone that... <laughs> Uh, Hawthorne Wives will go back to being a straights-only product and then can't take the pressure that he's brought on himself. Shangela throws a feather at him. Uh, <laughs> he he collapses to the floor in a fake heart attack. And Cornelius gets to comment, I taught him all he knows on the, I, on the fake heart attacks. I know that Chevy is technically older than the one playing his dad, yes. but they sure do make his dad look decrepit and old and like he has not moisturized in... 85 years absolutely the little stinger with chang talking to all of the like hot cops like how long you guys been on the force it's very arrested development yeah it is then we get pierce is in a hospital bed or the nurse's bed at at greendale and he just faked it to get out of the situation and jeff comes to check on the situation and this is where jeff just totally totally tells off pierce's dad and you know this is the scene where i got a little bit emotional actually is when jeff was Standing up for Pierce? Not because he was standing up for Pierce, but because in his own way, he was standing up to his dad, you know, kind of saying the thing. And little that got to me a little bit. It's a shame that when we get Jeff confronting his dad, it's in season four. Mm -hmm. But it is one of the things that they do relatively well. Yeah. So I'm excited to get to that. Uh, Can you tell me almost like what moment in particular got you feeling that way? The guy, you a little steamy. Was it a specific line or? or I think it was from where he said that his life would be half lived Mm. if without raising a son. And from there up through like here, that whole last part, I think, was delivered really, really, really well. I think a lot of people need to have Jeff Winger yell at them, including Jeff Winger himself, that uh, the world does not need you. You are over. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Your time is done now. I think a lot of people could use that. Yeah. And Cornelius collapses to the floor, which uh, Jeff assumes is a faked heart attack, but turns out to have been very real. Cornelius has died. This is kind of a sitcom trope where some, like a older yeah. relative, they did this on that 70s show where like yeah, where Eric says something really mm-hmm. mean to the grandma and she collapses dead. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit of a trope. It's interesting that mm-hmm. that's a thing that it's a pattern of story that's happening. Isn't a bunch it? They of do times. do it quite a bit. Yeah. But it works well here. Uh, Jeff obviously feels awful. He wasn't totally in the wrong to say most of the things that he said. I'm sure he was trying to stand up for his friend. Yeah. But it's a frail, ancient, probably late (laughs) 80s at least man. And Jeff, his heart just couldn't take it. You know, that's why you don't be old and racist, people. You will die. Jeff tries to like apologize or comfort Pierce he feels really responsible and you can see why but Pierce just clearly doesn't care he's on a different wavelength there I it's a a missed opportunity that there's no talk of Pierce's religion in this episode yeah I know so Pierce takes uh, Pierce takes his dad's toupee and gives it to Jeff Jeff has won it fair and square because in his father's will it says whoever kills him gets it that's a really funny bit and yeah I don't know. It's a really bizarre moment, but I love it. It's very funny. Pierce goes to address the crowd, and I think Pierce's eulogy for his father is perhaps Chevy's strongest moment in the show so far. It's pretty good. 
I think he acts it really well. Uh, he likes so much of this episode. It, it's for laughs, but he doesn't exactly deliver it for laughs. And Chevy isn't always a performer who knows how to do that. He's always working for laughs. So this felt very human of Pierce, even though he's saying like, F- you, I'm not, you're dead and I'm not. He says yeah. it in a way that feels like Pierce reacting to this. And uh, I think it's one of Chevy's strongest, most thoughtful moments in the, in the series, if not the most. I think it's good. Now, I, I'm... I know you really like the episode where his mom dies. That's not my favorite one. Yeah. Um, I like how this is handled a little bit better. I, th- I've been thinking about how, obviously both episodes are about pretty different things, but mm-hmm. the type of story they're telling about specific characters yeah. mirror each other a lot. I can see how you could relate those two episodes. I think I'm more fond of the other one, but I do think this episode does some things that prove there's more water in that well. That yeah, they, totally. that they didn't totally get all of the emotional and comedic potential out of death and these characters reacting mm-hmm. to it, uh, or like parents and how they affect yeah. you as you get older. I, I'm glad that they returned to it, and maybe in some ways they did do it better here. Even if I don't know the gay storyline, if it is as good as like uh, Jeff deciding whether or not he's going to tell Pierce that his mom's actually dead mm-hmm. and buried. I think I might like that story a little bit better. But it's close. Yeah. It's a closer race than you would think for me. Sure. Well, good. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the air conditioning is turned on, and the streamers call to Troy one more time, and he leaves the funeral. Uh, I, get, I love that the air conditioner people are just everywhere. Uh <laughs> And, and Troy is made clear that it's time for him to make his decision. His 24 hours have have been up, and we get one more really good John Goodman moment in this episode. He's pretty strong throughout this episode. I like Troy's logic of no one's better than anyone else, except some people are good at sports, and of course there are magicians. <laughs> That's a funny I idea. thought that was a really funny line. Uh, and he turns down the offer. He he isn't really ready to make a decision for his life yet, and uh, he doesn't want to deal with poop like a plumber. He wants to hang out with his friend and watch TV, and I think when you're the age Troy is supposed to be, and we're, we're led to make a lot of decisions, whether they're high stakes or low stakes, about our lives, uh, I think it's good. I think we should be allowed more time to step back from that and enjoy being alive and then make those decisions once we've learned how to like interact with the world a little better yeah not that watching tv with your friend is exactly going to do that but if that's what you need to do right now go do it Mm-hmm. so he's made his decision and the dean is steaming and he gives a nice villainous little oh this has just begun it's not over the other air conditioner guy lets lets the dean know that Troy fixed their air conditioner at the party in <laughs> in a way that no one ever was able to before. Not even Laybourne can do it, but Troy could without even having all the proper training. And he just wants to be silly with his friend. The yeah. shot of Troy and Ovid in front of the stained glass as they're talking about it, I thought was really really nice and really yeah, sweet. Yeah, it's great. And and the dean is such a villain. His this isn't over, Troy Barnes. It's like a Darth Vader moment. Yeah. Jeff does kind of lay out on Britta a little bit and say, okay, fine, maybe you won't be the worst therapist, which is nice because moments ago, literally the priest said without knowing Britta, <laughs> Britta, you're the worst. I yeah. could have done without that moment, even though it's funny. That's one mm. of those moments. Yeah. I know Do you, you don't. Does it make you laugh? I laughed at it. I thought it was funny. I just love Britta so much. 
I do too. And I want, I'm fine with the hating on Britta jokes, but she needs to like be a character alongside that too. Mm-hmm. But they deduce her to that too much as a the show of the goes time, on. Yeah. But this moment's nice. Britta says Oedipal the right way now and, and questions Jeff on his daddy issues. And Jeff just isn't willing to address it or, or <laughs> think anything about it. But after Britta yeah. walks away, it's clear that he is and he has no choice but to. And I love that. A worse show would have a scene now where Jeff like calls his dad or yeah. like, talks about it or cries, but it's almost just like a too short, like little tiny cut of him like looking up and kind of think. You can tell that now it's on his mind, mm-hmm. but they don't address it, and I think it's so yeah. beautiful and w- way better because they'll pay it off later. They don't need to do it right now. This episode is kind of doing it, its own thing, and then the episode ends with Chang leaving the party with. <laughs> With the drag queen and saying, Winger, going home from this funeral alone? Pretty gay. <laughs> I like that Chang is just always in his uniform now. This isn't the only time Chang has left a social gathering with men in drag. Sure is not. He's done it with Troy or with Pierce. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the episode. An episode that, man, it works way better than it has any right to. I yeah, think even absolutely. talking through it, looking for reasons to not like it that much, none really came. It's it's not exactly the most substantial one, but there is some decent substance in it. Yeah, uh, there is. I think I like it less than competitive ecology, but a step, like two steps below above anything what, below it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's it's a strong episode, and I'm starting to have more faith in the third season. I think we're starting to get into the good stuff. Yeah, I think so, too. The end tag is really cute. It feels like it's supposed to be from the Halloween episode where they were dressed like that and, mm-hmm. and they're playing. But it's a cute thing. I love how first they have all the graphics behind them and they're in the world of their imagination. But then we get to see them really in the library or whatever, acting it out. And then they get embarrassed by it when they realize the pretty girl that notices <laughs> them. And the funniest part has got to be Troy uh, like trying to be suave after they've been caught playing How this silly in. game. Yeah. How you live in. <laughs> and I like the way Abed like isn't really phased by the girl, acts like yeah. he would keep going, and then looks at Troy and sees what he's doing and decides to go along with it, and he shoots out the pew. <laughs> Really, really funny. I thought this was honestly one of my favorite end tags of the third season so far, too. Yeah, this one was really funny. Thought it was pretty funny. What's up, girl? How you, How living? you living? Pew. And that's <laughs> the end of the episode, Stephen. Uh, sometimes we talk like letter grades or uh, like yeah. on a number scale what we would give an episode. I feel like this episode is a sleeper B+. Yeah, I'd give it a solid high 7, low 8. Damn near A-. minus. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what I want to say, I want to give a call out to our listeners because of the type of stuff that this episode tackles. Uh, even though we try our best to be allies, it's it's perfectly plausible that we've missed some stuff in this episode yeah. that doesn't work. And I would love to have that conversation with anyone if there's some stuff that you think we've missed in this that you don't like about this episode. Because I think some people do kind of have distaste for this episode so write us in let us know yeah at gmail.com we'll totally have that conversation on air but based off of this viewing and this podcast i really enjoyed watching this episode and i think it had a lot of good things to offer yeah i think so too i enjoyed it let's do mvps mine i feel like it's not often i get a chance to give an mvp mm-hmm. to pierce hawthorne so i'm gonna give it to pierce Chevy commits and is funnier than often, and he's uh, a little more poignant in moments than often. 
And it's good to see him commit, even though I know behind the scenes he's becoming a real chore. And that's unfortunate. And I don't really want to reward that. But in this episode, I think Pierce really shines. No, I I started out the episode um, thinking between Troy as my front runner. I thought Jeff did a really good job towards the end. But... I think P- Chevy's acting was just really great in this one. And so it's and really you don't get to say that often. So you might yeah. as well when he can. So I, I also went with Pierce. Yeah. Great. What a surprise, pleasant episode. I really enjoyed this one and I've enjoyed talking about it. I, season three is I my favorite two. to talk about so far. Yeah, definitely. We, we've had, I feel like the most discussion about things going on that we could, you know, Go go toe-to-toe some, but it's nice to have a couple where we are in agreement about how great it was. Well, we've gotten to know the show well enough that we both expect, I think, certain things out of the show and the characters, Mm -hmm. and they're not always going to line up, so that's fun. Yeah. But let's wrap this up. Next week, we're doing studies in modern movement, and we would love for you to write in your episode MVP, your favorite funny moment, and to stump us with some trivia. Thanks to everyone who wrote in this week. Uh, Next week, studies in modern movement. That's going to be really fun. Hashtag Annie's Move. No, it's ha- – oh, you said move. I thought you said boobs. Uh. Send that in to CanDisappointPodcast at gmail.com. And also one more shout-out to our Patreon over at patreon.com slash CanDisappointPodcast. It's almost the beginning of a new month, and that's a great time to sign up for Patreon because they charge you at the first of the month regardless of when you signed up the previous month. So if you want to come hang out with us, we do all kinds of stuff there, live content, extra podcasts. You get this podcast early every week. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Steven, where can the people hang out with us without paying a premium? Um, Twitter.com is absolutely free and you can go tweet at us over at you can't disappoint. We're also on Instagram at can't disappoint podcast and we're on YouTube and Facebook under the Monica. You can't disappoint a podcast. Great work, buddy. Thank you really appreciative that people listen uh recently our remedial chaos theory it was uh, it, w- one of our most listened to episodes that we've done like really fast really and people That's are listening awesome. and that means a lot to us and we're like we said at the beginning we're at the peak of the mountain and now it, obviously it's a long time until we start to get bittersweet about the ending of community but we're headed that direction and i'm yeah. excited for the second half of this journey with you buddy i am too i'm really excited to get into um there's I'm just excited to talk about all this stuff. Yeah. yeah, four, five, and six have more to unpack than I think any season, just because mm-hmm. of the outside versus the inside of the show. You know, what's going on on screen versus what's going on off screen. There's gonna be a yeah, lot. Yeah, where we start to get characters how leaving it affects and the show. In. It'll be really great to to go into that. But for now, I'm having fun with season three. It's starting to be on an upward trend, and I really remember fondly uh, studies in modern movement. So I'm excited to revisit that one. Yeah, me too. All right, from inside the dreamatorium, Black Lives Matter, get vaccinated, don't bash any gays. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. And we will see you next week. We love you. Toodaloo! I got my pocket full of hawthorns, my pocket full of hawthorns. Do you know any uh, drag queen songs you can sing? I do. Oh, Give me one. I do. Let's hear it. Um, She's a super queen, super queen, super queen. Or we have... We're all born naked and the rest is drag. Hey, kitty girl. Kitty girl, it's your world. Hey, kitty girl. We'll see you next week. <laughs>